0: Our scripture lesson this morning, friends, comes from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Hear now these words from John. Early in the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone was removed from its entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved and We don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other Turned towards him and cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go and instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God.
1: Mary Magdalene went to the disciples
0: with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them he had said these things. This, friends, is the word of God for us. Your teacher is gone. Hope itself has died. many of them went hid, but not Mary Magdalene. She stayed at his feet, watched as he died just as she did when he lived. She stayed close to the tomb as he was laid to rest, and on this morning Mary Magdalene has come to the tomb again, hoping to care for Jesus body as would be custom. Hoping to wash him and finish anointing his body. This teacher who she loved, who she served, who changed her life, who saved her, this person who saw her as valuable, who listened to her, who communed with her, she wants to serve him one more time. To wash his body and give him a burial that But there's a problem. Because Mary Magdalene has come to the tomb, and there's no body to wash. And she's devastated. Beyond devastated. Because the stone that held the tomb closed has been rolled away, and some great evil in her mind has to have occurred. So she runs to the other disciples to tell them what she's found. Finding them in the upper room, she tells them, Christ, Christ is not there. They find the linen wrappings which held his body, discarded. And they too assume a great evil has happened. That those who persecuted Jesus came in the night and took his body, so that those who love him can't even lay him to rest. Cannot wash him or anoint him or say their goodbyes. They seem to have forgotten the words of Ezekiel, which promised that dry bones will come alive and graves will be opened. They've forgotten that Jesus. done here. There's no body to be watched. There's no Jesus to behold. And I think, truthfully, she just doesn't know what to do with herself. Her beloved teacher is dead. She watched his death. She's built her life around serving him. She is devastated. She is hopeless. She is in the midst of darkness. And what else do you do truthfully, I don't think any of us can fully understand the depth of her pain. The pain of watching someone gardener that appears and is probably just here to do his job. If anything, this man is the enemy. Perhaps he's the one who's taken Jesus from her. He bothers her, asking her, woman, why are you weeping? This strange man dares to ask her, why are you weeping? He interrupts her grief, and staring into the tomb sill, she asks him tears, small. And then, Mary. Her name is called, and I can't imagine anyone's ever felt so good to hear their name called by a familiar voice. For Mary knows this voice, this gardener, this person who's interrupted her grief is Jesus. It's the voice of the man who's called her name a thousand times. It's the voice of the one who created her. He is alive. He was there all along, and all at once, Mary is ripped away from the emptiness of the tomb to the fullness of life. She turns her darkness to fullness, to light, to Christ. I imagine tears are still flowing, and they're tears of joy and confusion. As deep as her pain was, imagine the joys. Jesus is alive. He's standing in front of her and calling her name. He was there all along and she ignored him. She couldn't see him for the way hopelessness just blinded her.
1: What I love about
0: Mary is that when it comes to who the world would have expected to discover that the Messiah is risen, she's at the bottom of the list She's an honor. This is the good news we celebrate this morning, friends. That the tomb is empty. That the stone has been rolled away. That Christ is indeed alive. That the grave has no hold. That bones have life. That we breathe and we dance and we have the ability to proclaim God's love. And more than that, we celebrate that Christ meets Mary in the tomb. That he meets her in the midst of absolute despair and hopelessness and delivers her. He meets her in the middle of what probably feels like rock bottom and calls her by name. And all at once, her entire world is turned around. And just as Christ does this for married friends, he does it for all of us. He meets us at the tomb on Good Friday Day. He meets us in the depth of our despair and our broken moments. He meets our hopeless world full of messed up pains. He meets us as we stare into a void of death and brings life. He calls us by name and turns us around and suddenly those things have no hold. The despair has no weight. Doesn't have the same feeling. For Christ is risen, he is alive. The linen wrappings and the grave could not hold him. They cannot hold us. My prayer for you this morning, friends, as you hear this good news, is that you truly hear it. That you hear that Christ is here. My hope is that you would be like Mary. That is, that you would relentlessly seek Christ. That you would never give up on Him. That you would search and search and search, knowing He's already there. That you would refuse to leave Him when everyone else is gone. That when, like Mary, all of us. And friends, my hope is that like the disciples in this story, you don't just leave.
1: And better than that, you don't stop someone
0: from proclaiming the good news. The disciples in this story believe Mary. And then they leave her alone. And then she goes and to live again. Christ was risen As you live into the joy of Easter morning, friends, I invite you to live into the joy of hearing all mouths proclaim that Christ is indeed risen. To hearing those who you might not want to hear proclaim that they have seen God in the darkness. Christ in this moment. Mary, why do you weep? And I think that's an important question. Because truthfully, I think he wants to know. Why do you weep, Mary? Show me your heart. Tell me what it is that lies in the depth of your soul. Share your pain with me before he gives her the good news that he is there, he asks her, "What's, what's going on? Tell me about it. And this, friends, means that he asks us the same thing. Why is it that you are weeping? What is it that lies in the depth of your heart? What breaks your heart? not anyone else wants to hear it. Christ does. Because Jesus knows you have to sit in that emptiness of holy Saturday of hopelessness before there is resurrection. And so if you're coming this morning and you're struggling to celebrate that Christ is risen, just name that to him. Whatever it is that makes you weep, whatever it is that keeps you staring into an empty that pain to Jesus. Tell him why you're weeping, knowing he will hold it well. And then turn around. Cling to the good news of life. Proclaim that he is alive. Tell Mary's story over and over again. Tell of the promise of the empty Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent God's love toward us. In the name of your children may be blessed with power and grace, that this bread and this cup may become